you burn plenty of calories working in the garden, and that only intensifies in the heat. Your body has to work harder to accomplish the same tasks when it's hot, and you need to replace those calories. Hey, I'm Karen, and together with my husband, I spent over a decade researching and learning and building our small farm through lots of trial and error, successes and failures. I went back to school to get my degree in horticulture to help our farm business, and now I want to pass all that knowledge on to you. Because I firmly believe that self-reliance is empowering, and that everyone, whether you've got a five-acre plot in the country, a half-acre lot in suburbia, or a windowless room in a downtown apartment, should just grow something. Hello, my gardening friends, and welcome back to the Just Grow Something podcast. It is the middle of July, and I know a lot of you are facing excruciatingly hot temperatures right now. Normally, I'd be right there with you, but our July has been unusually cool and rainy. We've gotten at least an inch of rain today, and it looks like more coming in overnight, and the high was only 74 degrees Fahrenheit. That's our normal low in July. It's really strange, but I'm not complaining and neither is the garden. Well, the tomatoes and the peppers aren't loving this right now, which makes me very thankful for our greenhouse because the outdoor tomatoes are few and far between without the normal heat. But I also know that not everybody right now is as lucky as I am with these comfortable temperatures. And I know we usually focus on tips for what to do in the garden for your plants, but this Focal Point Friday, I'm going to focus on ways you can avoid the heat taking a toll on you while you're tending to your garden. Working in the garden in the heat can not only be dangerous if you're not careful, but it can also make it difficult to stay on track with what you're doing and make it just plain miserable. So here are six ways that you can beat the heat in your garden this summer. Number one, schedule your garden time for early morning or late evening. It can be really tough to work in the garden when the heat is sweltering. It can be a bit of a distraction. We don't work nearly as efficiently. It can actually be a health risk. And honestly, plants don't like being worked with in the heat of the day. That's when they're at their least hydrated too. And the normal wilting that can occur in the hottest part of the day makes them susceptible to damage if they're handled too much. Yeah, kind of like us. So if your schedule allows... Get out into the garden as early as possible before the heat kicks in. During the hottest parts of the year on our farm, we're usually outside just as the sun comes up, bringing in the harvest before the heat of the day has had chance to settle on the veggies. We save the chores like weeding for later on in the evening as the sun goes down so as to not damage the plants. Now, if your schedule dictates that you can only work in the evening, then be sure you're chilling your harvest as quickly as possible when you bring it in. Leaving residual heat in your fruits and veggies can actually cause them to spoil much more quickly. So if you're limiting the amount of time that you're in the garden to only early morning or late evening, this likely means that you'll have less time to complete your tasks. So a good way to manage those garden tasks during the hottest part of the year is to take a look around at the beginning of the week at what needs to be done and make a prioritized list. This way, you can utilize your limited time in the garden most efficiently. If you can only manage 30 minutes in the garden before you have to leave for work each weekday or 30 minutes after you get home, 
you can prioritize picking the harvest three days of the week, and then the other two days you can manage small tasks like picking a bucket full of weeds or training those cucumbers to their trellis. This way, larger tasks that require more time to complete than what you have during the week can then be prioritized on a morning or an evening when you have more time, like on a weekend. Or maybe you have additional hands available on one of those evenings during the week to help with a project to make it go more quickly in the same amount of time. If you can prioritize what needs to be done and then maybe let go of a few of the tasks until the days get cooler, you can safely work in the garden while avoiding the heat of the day and still manage to get things accomplished. So number two, the second thing that will help you beat the heat is adding mulch to the garden. Okay, now I know this sounds like something that helps the plants beat the heat and not you, but hear me out. You know I love a good layer of mulch in the garden for all kinds of reasons, and every single one of those reasons will actually keep you out of the garden unnecessarily during the heat. Mulch helps retain moisture in the soil, so you won't need to be out there watering as frequently. Mulch helps keep weeds at bay, so you won't need to spend as much time pulling those out of the way. Mulch can help keep roots cool and prevents soil organisms from splashing up on the leaves, both things that help keep your plants healthier when they're being stressed by the heat, which means less time that you'll need to spend mitigating dying or diseased plant parts. All of these things add up to much less time that you'll need to spend on those tasks, which means you can get in and out of the garden before the heat of the day kicks in. So in this case, what's good for the plants is also good for the gardener. Number three, hydration is key, but so is nutrition. Of course, we can't talk about heat or working in the heat without talking about hydration and gardening is no exception. One way to keep hydrated is to use those goodies from the garden. Much of what we grow in the summer makes for a great snack that helps keep us hydrated and can make us feel cooler and more comfortable. Cucumber, watermelon, cantaloupe, zucchini, and other members of the curcubit family all have a high water content. They are all very naturally hydrating. Tomatoes are the same way. Fruits like strawberries and peaches contain at least 85% water, which makes them great choices for hydration too. Combining any of those fruits or veggies with water and then adding a cooling herb can not only hydrate you, but also make you feel cooler. Many herbs act sort of like refrigerants by actually lowering the body's temperature and cooling the tissues. This includes herbs like lemongrass, lemon balm, lavender, any of the mints, and chamomile. Plus, some of those also encourage perspiration, which really doesn't sound comforting, but that's how your body cools itself naturally. Add a nice breeze and that evaporative effect will cool you down very nicely. To take advantage of some of these effects, try making iced teas or just steeping these things in water. Just be aware that some herbs can interact with medications or certain medical conditions and even pregnancy, so make sure you've spoken with your doctor to be sure you don't have any problems with any of these. With some of my favorite combos are watermelon and mint, cucumber and chamomile, and lavender and lemon balm. 
There are water bottles and pitchers that have inserts in the center that hold the vegetables and fruits and herbs inside to allow them to infuse into the water. Or you can just go old school and just toss them right in the water. That's what I did until I got a fancy water bottle with an infuser that is actually currently sitting on my desk while I record this with some basil and cucumber in it. In any case, use what you're pulling from your garden to help you keep hydrated and cool while you're working in your garden. Now, conversely to this, experts say to avoid alcohol, caffeine, and high amounts of processed sugars when you're working in the heat. These can all be dehydrating, the exact opposite of what you want. So when it's really hot outside, maybe save the sweet tea or the chore beer for after you get done working. And let's not forget about fueling our bodies. You burn plenty of calories working in the garden, and that only intensifies in the heat. Your body has to work harder to accomplish the same tasks when it's hot, and you need to replace those calories. Using those fruits and vegetables I mentioned will not only hydrate you, but replace some of the calories that you've worked off. I know most of us have much smaller appetites in the heat. I know I do. I've had to resort to tracking my food intake during the summer months because I know I'm not eating enough to fuel my activities, and that can leave me susceptible to the heat. Eating fresh fruits and vegetables from the garden, thankfully, doesn't usually weigh heavily in your stomach, and it doesn't require heating up the kitchen either. So my favorite thing to do is just prep those items ahead of time so I can grab a handful as I walk through the kitchen. Speared cucumbers, diced cantaloupe, sliced tomatoes, anything that's easy and hydrating. Half the time, I'm munching on things coming right off the plants in the gardens. Cherry tomatoes and pickling cucumbers have to make it past me to get into the house these days. So just don't forget to fuel. Did you know you can have a one-on-one virtual 30-minute garden consultation with me each and every month? That's right. I have space for five executive producers over on Patreon, and one of the perks at that level is for me to help you with all things gardening one-on-one every single month. Everything from garden planning to choosing the right plants, proper spacing, pruning techniques, disease and pest identification, fertilizing, harvesting, storage, and more. Whatever help you need throughout the year. Plus, you get additional monthly group Q&A sessions, exclusive video content, Just Grow Something merchandise, and more. If you'd like to become an executive producer, head over to patreon.com slash justgrowsomething or use the link in the show notes to find out how. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Number five, dress in tech fabrics or loose cotton clothing. Now, as an athlete, I have my share of sweat-wicking synthetic fabrics that are specifically designed to pull the sweat away from your skin, which, when combined with any bit of a breeze, can have a very effective evaporative cooling effect. 
Now, as someone concerned with sustainability, however, I often have heartburn with the petroleum products used to make that tech gear. It's definitely a trade-off. But another option is light-colored, loose-fitting cotton clothing. The natural, lightweight fiber of cotton allows the sweat to move quickly away from your skin to your clothes and then to evaporate into the air. The billowy nature of loose clothing allows the air to move more readily next to the skin to help with that evaporation. Now, another option, if you're up for it, is to just wear less clothing. Technically, the best thing is to have the sweat evaporate directly from your skin to the air without having to pass through clothing first. Honestly, on most really hot days, you'll find me in the garden, nothing but some running shorts and a sports bra. But if you're not comfortable with bearing that much skin, try clothing made specifically for wicking sweat or just go for the cotton. And to answer the question before it's asked, no, I do not participate in World Naked Gardening Day, which is the first Saturday in May, in case you're wondering. And if you can safely manage to go barefoot, that's another way to help cool you off. As the sweat on your feet evaporates, it cools the skin and the blood in your feet, and that cooler blood then moves to the other parts of your body. It may not actually reduce your core temperature by very much, but you do get the sensation of the coolness nonetheless. I went barefoot outside for the majority of my life until discovering a life-threatening wasp allergy a few years back, so now my barefoot escapades are limited to only certain areas of the garden, just to be on the safe side. But I do go barefoot every chance I get, especially in the heat of the summer. And there are cooling hats, too. I personally don't wear a hat very often in the garden because I make it feel like it makes my head even hotter. But there are some really cool gardening hats that I've seen that leave the top of the head exposed, but have a floppy brim to cover your face and your shoulders. And I've sure thought about getting one, but we're really hard on stuff around here. And I'm not sure how long it would last for me, honestly. But if you're a bit less destructive, then it seems like a really good option for gardening or any outdoor activity, really. There's also sports versions of this, too, that have sort of a cooling band around the brim that helps to cool you off. And there are also water or moisture-activated scarves or towels that you can get wet and then sort of snap and then drape around your shoulders or around your neck that also have a cooling effect. There are all kinds of different things that you can wear out in the garden that will help to keep you cool. And finally, and number six, keep a cooler with you while outside, but have more than just your water in there. Having an ice pack with a towel and a spray bottle can do a lot to help keep you cool when working in the garden in the heat. Wiping down with a chilled towel and spritzing yourself with a cool mist of water, especially on areas where your veins are closest to the surface of your skin, like the inside of your wrists, that can cool your body by several degrees temporarily. It's very refreshing, especially if you combine this with some shade and some cooling hydration. You can also throw your sunscreen in there, so when it's time to reapply, you get another little cool down too. Now, with all this being said, let's understand the dangers of heat stress and heat exhaustion. My husband and I have spent years working in the midsummer heat, and I am very acclimated to working in 90 degree Fahrenheit heat with a humidity of 60%. In fact, I'm one of those people that actually enjoys it. 
but we are also very well versed in understanding what the signs and symptoms are of when someone is in even mild distress from the heat. It was part of our Marine Corps training and something we are acutely aware of with each other when we're working outside. We are constantly hydrating around the clock. You can't hydrate in the morning when you plan to work outside in the heat in the afternoon. Your body needs that hydration the day before, so keep that in mind. Listen to your body when you're working outside in the heat. If you feel unusually fatigued, lightheaded, nauseous, or have a headache, get out of the heat. If you begin to have muscle cramps, cold, clammy skin, or your pulse starts to speed up, get out of the heat. In any of these cases, move to a cool location, loosen your clothes, put cool wet cloths on your body or take a cool bath and sip some water. Do not guzzle it. And if at any time you or anyone you are working with has hot, red, dry or damp skin, a fast, strong pulse is confused, throws up or passes out, seek medical attention immediately. Move them to a cool location, give them cool cloths or a cool bath, but do not give them anything to drink until medical help arrives if they seem confused. These are the signs of a heat stroke, and that usually accompanies an altered mental state, so it may not be safe to give them fluids to drink. They likely will need to be hydrated through IV fluids. So let's avoid this altogether by staying out of the heat or by being smart while working in it. Hopefully the tips I've given you today will help make working in your garden in the hottest part of the summer a bit more enjoyable, especially if you're in an area that's getting this heat right now that normally doesn't get this heat. I really feel for you right now. Fingers crossed you get through this and both you and your garden survive to celebrate with bountiful harvests and maybe a fall garden. If you have any tips or tricks for working in the garden in the summer heat, jump into our Facebook group and share it with us. Search Just Grow Something Garden Friends on Facebook or use the link in the show notes to join other gardeners like you to ask questions, share news on food and ag, offer tips and tricks, and more. We're also coming up on our next Can You Dig It episode, so don't forget to send me your gardening questions. Join me back here next Tuesday for another Garden Talk Tuesday episode. And in the meantime, have a fabulous and safe weekend in the garden. You've just listened to another episode of the Just Grow Something podcast. Don't forget to download the episode after you've listened, rate and review us in your podcast player if that's an option, and follow us on Instagram at Just Grow Something Podcast. All these things help gardeners like you find me and hopefully join the Just Grow Something family. Don't forget to send in those gardening questions through a voice message at the link in the show notes or via email to grow at justgrowsomethingpodcast.com. Until next time, my gardening friends, keep on cultivating that dream garden and I will talk to you again soon.